Hi, I'm Daisy Berenger, and today you'll hear my story, way too much of it, on San Francisco people. Hey everyone, welcome to San Francisco people. This is Frank Garza, and I came across today's guest, Daisy Berenger, on Twitter. I was scrolling through my feed one day. And uh, somebody had retweeted one of her tweets. It looked pretty funny. So I, I clicked over to her feed. And right at the top, her header read, consistently inappropriate. And I thought, okay, this will probably be pretty fun. And so I followed her. And I am glad, very glad that I did. Because Daisy has been entertaining me very regularly over the last year. And especially on Sundays during 49ers games. And I hate to say it, especially when the 49ers are losing. You see, Daisy, she loves the 49ers. She watches every game and every play, and she does not hesitate at all to put every one of her thoughts during the game onto Twitter. It's hilarious. I enjoyed it so much that it became one of my favorite Sunday traditions to check her out during the game. So on the show today, Daisy talks about how she became a 49ers fan and why she loves them. And she also shares her predictions for their upcoming season. We also talk about a lot of other stuff. Daisy's a great writer. She writes a lot about San Francisco, mostly on Eater and Thrillist right now. We talk about her journey to becoming a writer and what some of her best and funniest pieces have been over the year. And she gives me the backstory on some of those. Daisy lives in Coal Valley. She shares her favorite spots in the hood and throughout San Francisco. Let's go talk to Daisy. <laughs> You have a Daisy Does the Niners column on SFist, right? Yeah. How did that come to be? How long have you been doing that? I think I've been doing it for like six years. Wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a great, like they just let me say whatever I want. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I just, Brock, who used to be the editor, um, I think he just saw that I tweeted about them a lot. And I had like a personal blog at the time that was sort of like popular with like a very small, you know, amount of people, but like a loyal what following. What was that called? It's called Oopsie Daisy. Oopsie Daisy. <laughs> I took it down. Oh. <laughs> I was going to look for it. It had some gems, but it also had some, it kind of, once I started um, writing like for a living more, it became like you, I had a lot of people who were like out to kind of bring me down and I was like, I can't give them any. There was stuff on there that I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have, you know, yeah. if I thought about it long term, I wouldn't have maybe written it. Um, that's what I used to write for this website, ExoJame, and the women were like vicious, vicious. The commenters were very, yeah, anyway. I've read a few of your articles from that. Very <laughs> people hate me on that site. I mean, <laughs> hundreds of comments just like calling me like terror, like words. I, I'll say pretty much anything and I won't even repeat what they said about me. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I digress. Um, so yeah, Daisy does the diners. I did not name it. Brock named it. It's a perfect name. <laughs> Just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do a niner. <laughs> it's a conflict of interest. Um, but yeah, so that it's great. I used to do a preview and a f recap, and now I just do the recap the day after. But yeah, it's fun. It's very cathartic. When we lost the Super Bowl, it like helped to really sit down and just emote. It gets really mushy sometimes. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think it's probably unhealthy to love to like have so much of my 
happiness and well-being tied up into a football team, like into something I have no control over. But I mean, I don't know. It's also can be also can be exhilarating, (laughs) right? I mean, just so it can bring you down for a couple days, it can also bring you up for a couple days. I mean, that's why I used to be with the Chiefs. Yeah. But the thing is, it's ultimately like the odds of you, you're always going to be disappointed unless you win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, even if you go 16 and out, if you don't win the Super Bowl, you're going to, and also the higher you go, like the farther you fall type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like we all choose to watch the sport that ultimately the chances of us being happy are at the end of it. It's are so slim and it's not even like one in 32. It's like, you know, like that's not how the odds work. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think it is interesting, but you know, I don't know. Uh, But also like, I do like, like I hate the Seahawks. So like, it was so fun to watch them like suck it at the Super Bowl, like (laughs) the end of the Super Bowl this year, you know, like that brought me so much joy. Right. Um, I try not to like just root against people, but I happily root. Yeah. I just like I don't like the Patriots either, but I was like, I'll take it. Right. I didn't really want Brady to get Joe Montana's. Yeah, I remember. Record, <laughs> I remember. All right, so so I found you on Twitter. Um, so you tweet at Daisy. First of all, how how in the hell did you get that Nepotism. handle? You must have been one of, like the first one. <laughs> no, I, to sign up for Twitter. I had Daisy SF, and then I had a friend who worked at Twitter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I know. It's terrible. Uh, th- that's well. Hey, you got it, but. Th- I don't know how I came across you, but somehow I came across that Daisy. I started following you and I started noticing on Sundays during games, <laughs> just the like one tweet after the next, especially when the four hours were losing. I mean, just wildly entertaining. I mean, would it be, would it be fair to say sometimes on game day, you go a little bit nuts on Twitter? No, I'm like a lunatic. <laughs> I mean, I fully admit it. It's like, I'm, I'm actually surprised that people follow me who don't like the Niners because I would think it would be very annoying to follow me on during a game. Right. Because it's a lot of, but I also feel like it's like people kind of want to hear me. Like, no, they do. Why some people, they do. So your motto is consistently inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I, and I say this with a hundred percent honesty, it got to a point last year where, you know, I, I don't always watch games on Sundays. Sometimes I'll be off doing something. I'll just, but I'll always check scores. <laughs> right. And, and uh, I check, I check like <laughs> scores on like ESPN or whatever. And if I saw that the 49ers were losing, I mean, the first thought that popped in my mind was, oh shit, I got to go to Daisy's Twitter feed <laughs> well, so and mean. read. I know, <laughs> I know, but it was so entertaining. And bask in my misery. It was misery. so entertaining. <laughs> so I. Actually, that's funny because I've had, I've seen, there's this terrible website called um get off my internet uh-huh. where you people go to like talk shit about bloggers and people anyway and i read someone on there was like i get excited when i see the niners are losing yeah. because i know that means daisy's miserable yeah well no no, no. And i know i know it's totally I, I, different i, it's I know the you're entertainment saying, no, it's no, the no, entertainment no, no. That i know that for. you're not saying that but i was like <laughs> whoa he's straight like that's like a stranger who doesn't know me, who's yeah. like excited that I'm unhappy with right. lose. I get that's not what you're saying. But. So <laughs> I was hoping that today we could go through a couple of examples. So I, ha- I have some printouts, oh, actually, my God. <laughs> of, no, uh, of a couple of games. <laughs> and uh, the first one I have is it was uh, the 49ers second game against Seattle. Uh, December 14th. What is wrong with you? They, it was a close game. Uh, I think they were winning at halftime. They ended up losing 17-7. 
Uh, it was a game that had officially knocked the 49ers out of the playoffs. And I, I have a printout of your Twitter feed from that day. I was hoping <laughs> yeah. you could read it back. Okay. If you could read it back. Um, let's see here. <laughs> I like how you hate you. <laughs> All right. So here it is. Okay. The way this is written, if you just start here and oh read God. up and then turn the page and do the same thing. This is uh, Daisy's Twitter feed during that, that Seahawks game. <laughs> <laughs> this is so mortifying. Okay. Let's go Niners. Total crap call on Reed. Fucking refs. <laughs> what the fuck, Cap? What the fuck? Love Frank Gore. He has my heart. Almost started crying. Glad to see Gore back up. <laughs> that TD is such bullshit. Fuck Cap. <laughs> that that one, fuck Cap, I got a lot from you last season. <laughs> I'm not a huge Kaepernick fan. Um, oh, Shout out to the weird commenters who brag about how they enjoy coming to my Twitter after Niners losses because your lives are sad. Hi. Like me. That's me. <laughs> well, I don't, I think, um, oh, RIP the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Laurel just handed me a cookie and said, this will make you feel better. It was oatmeal fucking raisin. No. <laughs> Parents, don't let your children grow up to be football fans. Hashtag 49ers. Aww. So that's a typical day. That's, <laughs> that's a typical that's day like in your in your point. <laughs> yeah, that, that one that was that one wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't like tons of tweets that day. But to me, that's a typical day. Like you you get the enthusiasm at the beginning. Let's go Niners, yeah. and then there's just like a roller coaster throughout the day. And yeah. there's like positive tweets. There's negative tweets. Yeah. There's going nuts tweets. It's like I need antidepressants. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that that was you mentioned Seattle a little bit beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really hate them. I hate them. You, you hate the Seattle Seahawks. I hate their fans. I hate the players. I hate the coaches. I've never even been to Seattle. I like hate Seattle. Like I don't. And even is like that Seattle. was that is that just the last couple of years as they've become the 49ers like biggest yeah. rivals? Yeah, sure. Because they used to not be. I mean, I think I used to really hate Green Bay. Not in the same way. Yeah. And now I actually kind of respect Green Bay. I went to right. a game at Lambeau. It really changed my perspective enormously. Okay. Like, I love their fan base. They're so nice. People bought a straight. It was great. Um, yeah, my hatred for Seattle is obviously because they're good. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> sometimes you, I've noticed, and I think you get a lot of flack from Seattle fans and like comments on your posts and on Twitter. Because I've seen you post just some really mean shit that they've said. Yeah. To, to well, you. Do, you get, do you get attacked a lot by Seattle fans? I now? wrote an article for Thrillist last year just about why America should root against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yeah, I like people. I also wrote an article, a mean article about the Royals, but it was kind of a Whoa, joke. Well, I didn't and, see that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and they, read that. It was like that was actually supposed to be like in sort of good fun. Like it yeah. was the things. Like jokes were like I was like their manager looks like Eeyore like it wasn't real things mm-hmm. whereas with the Seattle thing I think I took it a little more seriously but the Kansas City fans were actually way way worse they had to oh, take really? the comments like death threats rape threats like really bad damn yeah no they I wish you could have seen it it was 600 comments just like calling for my head oh my god so they had to remove them because I just got to but yeah so same with the Seattle thing when I wrote that um you know obviously it was like trolling them a little bit but it was posted in San Francisco. So, I mean, on a San Francisco website. But, um, yeah, they don't like me. That's okay. I don't like them either. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, also, I've been a football fan, I mean, for much longer. Mm-hmm. They just started liking their team, like, a year ago or three mm-hmm. years ago. So. <laughs> okay. So, I, 
you know, I have to say my favorite one of your, I'll call them your Twitter days, your Twitter <laughs> rants, was actually not a 49ers game. It was the NFC Championship game uh, last year between Green Bay and Seattle. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I have that one right here, too. Oh I'm going to have you read through. Okay. <laughs> but just to kind of recap for everybody, um, I mean, Green Bay had that game won. Yeah. Green Bay was winning 19-7, to four minutes left in the game. I mean, no chance Seattle's yeah, going to come back, but they do. They score a touchdown. They get an onside kick. They score another touchdown. It goes into overtime, and, like, they win. You're, like, the worst person. Uh, this, this one was good, though. So, I mean, you are on Twitter, like, loving life for a while, but then it, it turns <laughs> ugly after that. And I want you to I want you to read through that one okay. much, much the same way. <laughs> All right. And it actually starts, so the first tweet is your night before the game. <laughs> The best part of not being in the NFC championship game is that I'll sleep super well tonight. Oh my God, fuck my life. I hate football. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then the next morning, I know it's bad sportsmanship, but I hope all of the Seahawks starters get a sudden bout of unstoppable diarrhea. <laughs> go pack go. I'm a terrible person. Looking at last night's half empty, empty bottle of angry orchard and contemplating finishing it just in case you're wondering about my alcoholism. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sure I did. <laughs> um, if the Niners hire Kiffin, I think we should all go to Jed York's home and protest. Hashtag winning with class. In case y'all forgot, <laughs> I cannot stand Richard Sherman. Yeah, you really don't like him. No, I can't stand him. Ugh. Um, the entire world except losers from Seattle is rooting for Green Bay, correct? If Green Bay wins, I'm rooting for the Colts. If Seattle wins, the Pats, in case you are dying to know. Is there anyone in the Bay Area more disliked right now than Jed York? Serious question, because I can't think of a single soul. I'm sort of all over the place here. I wonder, like, what was going on in yeah, my brain. You're missing the 49ers <laughs> right now. Fucker. Does it count as cussing if I use an asterisk? I and think you had set a New Year's resolution not to cuss, if, oh, if, not, if I remember correctly. I did. God, that but, is but not this, going this fucking game, well this at game, all. Uh, this game got you. <laughs> um, I should set more attainable New Year's resolutions. Okay. I'm really enjoying this football game. Seahawks versus Packers, go Pack go. Suddenly not having as much fun. What a little bitch slowing down before the end zone. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> I despise Seahawks fans. Loathe. It's clearly time to start drinking. Amendment to the no cussing resolution. No cussing except during football. And then immediately thereafter, Fuck my fucking life. <laughs> oh, God. Stop crying and shut up about God, Russell Wilson. Hashtag pussy. I don't even use that word. That one is my favorite <laughs> tweet of all time. I really that didn't one. like how I don't like how he cries. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, OK, here's the thing is when it was um, Terrell Owens crying after the you were catch loving part that, two, I'm sure. or Vernon David crying after the catch part three, then I'm fine with it. If it's my guys, they can cry a right. little. But Russell Wilson, ugh, I can't stand him yeah. and his virginity or whatever. So, do you remember these moments? Like, do you remember where you were when you like? Did you I actually watch the don't games remember at home where or at I bars was. or what? I think I must have not been at a bar if I said it's time to start drinking. Yeah, I must have been at home. Otherwise, okay. I wouldn't go to a bar and not drink. All right. <laughs> well, I love those. Keep them coming. Those. I mean, I think that's fairly typical. Of a yeah. lot of games last season I think. that I enjoyed reading through. <laughs> um, so let's talk about 
the 49ers in the upcoming season. I mean, yeah. first I want to talk about the like the last year for them. I was reading this article on ESPN recently. Uh, this guy, Andrew Sharp, wrote it, and I'll quote what he says. He said, it's been a rough year. In fact, it's been quite possibly the most depressing 12 months any team's had in the 21st century. You agree with that? How has the last year been it's for you been as a 49ers brutal. fan? I, it's been, I mean, I, we were so good. I mean, Harbaugh came and turned the team around, and there was real hope. I mean, we made it almost as far as you could every season. I mean, obviously lost the Super Bowl, which I was there for. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend Oh, you went to the Super Bowl. I, yeah. Nice. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what else would I have done that weekend? Um, huge mistake. Terrible. You know what it's like to be in a town after you lose a Super Bowl? And I mean, ugh, brutal. I wouldn't. And also people who go to the Super Bowl aren't real football fans. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, people were telling us to sit down. Anyway, um, I'm glad I went. I wouldn't go to another one. Um. I say that unless the Niners are in it, then I'm sure I'll go. But um, yeah, no, I felt like the Niners, like things were really, you know, we had a long mm-hmm. time of really sucking and mm-hmm. then Harbaugh came and things looked amazing. It was immediate. Yeah, it was, it immediate, was like immediate. When up. And then, you know, I think last year there were injuries and Navarro Bowman was injured and Alden Smith couldn't play. Um, and you know, I, I think Kaepernick kind of regressed a little bit. Um, I think we had some major, like coaching, offensive coordinator issues. But so yeah, suddenly we weren't as good. But then you kind of find out later that like Jad York was pushing Harbaugh out the whole time, and then for Harbaugh to go was just heartbreaking. I mean, I think he's, I'm sure he's a pain in the ass. I'm sure he is. He seems very difficult. I don't care. <laughs> like. Like get over it, Jad. Like Jad York is such a baby, mm-hmm. um, who should not be running the team. But I feel like we're gonna be stuck with him for like fifty years. <sighs> this is really depressing. What you think? What you think about the new stadium? I hate because you, you have stadium. season tickets, right? I hate the you stadium. Hate what yeah, do you hate I have about season it? tickets. I mean, that's another thing. I went to the new stadium. You know, I gave them twelve thousand dollars just for the rights to buy my seats. I'm a writer. Like, I don't have like oodles of cash like laying around you know right. it's like a lot of money for me and that's before I give them another three thousand dollars for my seats for the season so I was like in it and I was excited I went to the stadium for like media previews before and I was like this it looks good and then I went to the first game and I was like this is a hellhole it is 1.3 billion dollar place for Taylor Swift to play and that's awesome. I love Taylor Swift. I definitely had fun at the concert there, <laughs> but it is not a football stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the biggest problem is that it is, I have never been, I've been in the Grand Canyon in August and Levi Stadium is 10 times hotter. Hmm. I have I mean, but you like so hot that you physically can't, it's like hard to like for the second game, preseason game, because I knew last year that it was going to be so hot. So I went and got like those little electric fans. Mm-hmm. At one point, it, like my hands were so sweaty. It slipped out of my hand and fell onto the ground. I was so hot that I couldn't bend over to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I mean that you're so you just like, sit there with the fan, holding just, the fan for your face. Yeah. But you can't like during halftime, I would go and get pa- wet paper towels and like put them on my head and then put like, so run my hat under the water. And like mm-hmm. it was, it's un. they've now moved it. Like they're not going to have as many day games at the beginning and you know, in the hot, but mm-hmm. Um, 
No, it's just a terrible, terrible. And no, there, no one was watching because it's so hot. So no one's in the seats. Yeah. Um, this is actually the first time in my life during a halftime, and it was during an actual game, not a preseason game. It was so hot that during halftime, I went to the concourse to cool off. It's like 20 degrees cooler there. And I couldn't, I watched the first couple of plays on the TVs there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't make myself go back to the seats. Mm -hmm. I never do that. Mm -hmm. I don't even usually get up during halftime because it's like a cluster. And I would rather like, you know, I usually pee at like the two minute warning and I run to the bathroom and I run back to my seat and I don't miss a second. Anyway, yeah, I hate Levi's. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really far away. It's just the worst. Yeah, that's what I like. I have like, I haven't been yet. And it's like, it's, I'm having a hard time have, finding the motivation to like want to go, like just to make that long trip down there. No. And you have to pass where Candlestick was. So you're like, oh, I could be there. Yeah. And then you're still in the car for another 50 minutes. Oh, it's brutal. No, I don't look forward to it. It's really a bummer. I tried to sell my tickets this year, but really? <laughs> who wants those? <laughs> no one. So give me your, uh, give me your prediction. I want to, uh, what do you think is going to happen this year with the 49ers? And, and give me a prediction on what their record is going to be. I think, you know, I think we're going to win some, like, I think we can beat a bunch of teams we play. I think we can beat the Vikings. Um, I think we probably either beat the Rams twice or split that. Um, I think we can go eight and eight. Would you if be we don't at, go eight at, eight at the eight, end of I'm the year? Like, <laughs> would you be happy at the end of the year if they were eight and eight? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, who's happy? I mean, you're not happy in the, I mean, if we wouldn't go to the playoffs so with that eight and eight, you know, that so even though some teams in other divisions could get to the playoffs with eight and eight, the Niners wouldn't be able to. So no, you're not happy unless you go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd be like, okay, we didn't suck as much because I mean, we could also, I don't, it's, I really, it's like a very interesting situation because I, we lost so many players, so many players. I mean, we lost like our entire defense basically. So, mm-hmm. It's going to be, I, I, it's kind of interesting. It's like the first time going and where I'm like, I have no idea what's really going to happen. Um, I mean, we even got rid of like Andy Lee, our punter. I mean, I get it, but like he was for many years, our best player because we did so much punting mm-hmm. and now he's gone. <laughs> and, and he just was like a bright spot in the game. You're always like, Oh, Andy Lee, <laughs> you know, I don't I mean, I know most people don't get like stoked about a punter, but I liked him. Yeah, we got rid of so many people. So it's like I feel or not got rid of or they retired or, you know, after one effing season like Borland did. I get it what Chris Borland did, I guess. But it was a bummer, mm-hmm. especially after Patrick Willis retired. Anyway, yeah, no, I she- won't be happy unless we go to the playoffs and okay. we're not going to the playoffs. So yeah. I'm already unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, it, there is a lot of uncertainty this year. I can see that. And uh, who knows? Maybe they'll surprise you. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so you write, you know, you know, we've talked about the 49ers and the writing you do for them and you just being a big fan, but you're, you write about a lot of other stuff as well. So I was hoping we could talk about your writing career a little bit. Sure. When did you decide that you wanted to become a writer? Like when I was three. When you were three. What made you <laughs> decide that? Um, just when I started, maybe a little older, but I started reading right around then and um, I've just always that's always been my favorite thing to do is read. Um, so yeah, I, d- I never wanted to really be anything else. Um, maybe like reading Anne of Green Gables in fourth grade or third and fourth grade really sealed the deal for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's always what I wanted to do. And can you talk about the path that you took to get there? <laughs> um, 
I mean, I, I went to NYU for undergrad and I studied, uh, I was at Tisch for dramatic writing, which is like screenwriting and playwriting. Um, have you ever written, a and, and a, a, nothing, a play or a... nothing that I would share with the world. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I did then obviously you had to, um, and then I was a copywriter for a while, which is really depressing as a copywriter for Victoria's Secret. Um, yeah, nice. <laughs> it wasn't though. It's like how many different ways can you say sexy? Yeah. Not that many. Like 40. That's a very good skill to have though. It's I, good I've, because I've, I've learned that. Like I never really understood the value of a copywriter until I like started this podcast and started sending out like emails to people trying to get them to listen to it and like getting on social media and trying to figure out like the right things to say. I mean, yes, it's tough. It is. Well, and it's funny because most people be like, Oh, we don't need a copywriter. And I'm like, okay, like you yeah. do, but that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You do. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did that. But then after a while I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't talk about like padded push up bras mm-hmm. for one more second. So I went to graduate school at UNC Wilmington and studied creative nonfiction writing. And so that was sort of when I was like, okay, I'm taking this seriously okay um and ideally i wanted to like write books but no one reads anymore <laughs> no one reads anything read. longer that my I, mom reads a book every week i mean i probably read about a book every week really? but um the average american reads one book a year and i think really? most people don't read any books yeah a year i mean yeah that's sad <laughs> i mean i i would like to read a lot more than i do I think I probably read, oh man, I've been reading a lot more, maybe five books a year. That's, you're doing better five, than the Five, five to seven books a year. <laughs> you're doing better than the yeah. average person. Yeah. Um, having a Kindle really helps. You mm-hmm. can like, it cuts, it makes it easier to read faster. Um, so you got your MFA then in North Carolina. Then what'd you do after that? Oh, I went back to being a copywriter Okay. <laughs> because I didn't know what else to do. In North Carolina? No, I moved back here. Um, so that's I, when you moved back to San Francisco after Yeah, I moved back that. here. I lived in a little cabin in Woodacre in the middle of kind of nowhere to finish my thesis. Where Where is that? In the um, middle of nowhere. Woodacre is like if you go past San Anselmo and Marin and past oh, okay. Fairfax and then there's this little town called Woodacre and I was in this house with like okay. a tin roof. It rained every day. And I like stopped showering so and <laughs> it got really dark for a while. So is that over by like Point Reyes? It's. Is it that far? It's not that far, but okay. it's like, it's like 40 minutes. It's just like you're, it's, it looks like where, like where the Ewoks live. Okay. Why like did, why I like did you started move? getting to the point where I was like, I really hope an Ewok comes over yeah. and hangs out with me. Why did you so move lonely. there? What made you want to I do had that? to finish my um, thesis, which was a memoir. Um, and I was like, I'll just go live in a cabin in the middle of the woods and like, uh, that'll make me right but like that doesn't make you right because I just started like opening a bottle of wine earlier and earlier every day <laughs> and just one night it was like nine o'clock I'd already finished like a bottle of Chardonnay and I was like playing with the f- fire or the wood stove and I just realized that like I hadn't showered and I actually smelled and it was just I was like I've got to get out of here I've got to finish this book and go back to San- go back to I mean you the only thing I left the house for was to like go to the post office to pick up my Netflix. Mm-hmm. It was dark. It was a dark time. How long of a period was it that? It was just like four months, four or five months, but no one came to visit me. I thought people would come to visit. They mm. didn't. <laughs> a lot of people don't like to cross the bridge. No, I I get it. <laughs> I hate crossing the bridge. I write for Eater now and they're like, oh, can you do this article on 
like East Bay restaurants? And I was like, <laughs> I can, but I've never been to any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like there's so much good food over there, but no, I'm not. There's so much good food in San Francisco. Why would I cross a bridge for food? Yeah. So you finish your memoir, I assume. Is that anywhere available for people to read? No, I would love to. I would actually love to do a rewrite. It just needs like a rewrite and get it out there. Um, I think it's probably like a young adult. I was sent to a Mormon reform school when I was 15 in Utah. So it's about that. <laughs> it's it's also kind Tell of Tell me dark. more about that. Why <laughs> Why did you go there? Um, well, I went to Choate, a boarding school in Connecticut, and apparently you're not allowed to smoke pot. So <laughs> <laughs> then I went to Mormon reform school because <laughs> okay. there was nowhere else to put me. Um, you know, Were I'm, you a problem child? I wasn't. I mean, my mother would say yes. Yeah. I... I mean, is that why you, did you kind of get sent to boarding school? Yeah. My mom, my brothers both went to high school in San Francisco and my mom in eighth grade was like, absolutely not. She was done with me. What were you doing? I mean, nothing. We just didn't get along. Okay. Um, she was very, very strict. So if I was breaking the rules, they were unreasonable. And I say this from like the lens of a grown up, like Mm -hmm. looking back, not from the lens of a 13 year old. So you um, went to a boarding school in Connecticut. You smoked pot there, got in trouble. So they sent you to a Mormon No, so school. they just told me. I, they didn't even kick me out. They let me finish the year. And then they just, you have to be invited back. And I was not invited back. Okay. So suddenly it's July. And my mom's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Um, and so, again, she still didn't want me in the house. So Mormon reform school. And also I was like at that point, like definitely sneaking out and going to raves. and Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't doing anything so bad. I don't even think I really drank or anything. I maybe smoked a little pot, smoked cigarettes. Um, and so how long did you go to the Mormon school? 14 months. 14 months. I did so three years did like of high year. school and 14 months. Yeah, three years of high school and 14 months. It was like go at your own pace. And okay. once I figured out that I was only getting out when I finished, I was like, I, my pace is going to be really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I was baptized Mormon when I was there. It was like very, anyway. So yeah, I think it's like an interesting story. So yeah. I wrote a book about it, but it's on my hard drive. Is it, uh, <laughs> did it end up being, would you say a positive story? Like, did you end up liking it or did you hate it? Um, no, I think I turned it into something positive because I'm smart enough to know that like life is what you make it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you might as well, I mean, you can't like fight it. Like once I figured out I was there until I, Till, until I wasn't there, I just had to like make the best of it. But no, ultimately it was like a really horrible experience. I mean, I have nightmares about it still. They did like, they would give you demerits if you did something wrong. So like if you didn't make your bed, you'd get one demerit. If you were insubordinate, you would get 10 demerits. And for each demerit, you had to stand facing the wall without moving or talking for 25 minutes. So if you did something really bad, like I got in trouble for kissing a boy <laughs> And they sent me into solitary confinement and I had to stand. So that's like the worst crime you could possibly do is kiss a boy? Running away was the worst (laughs) crime. Um, But kissing a boy was definitely up there. And they sent me into like, I was in a little room by myself for three days standing facing a wall. For three days? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's like brutal. Wow. (laughs) I know. So it's, it's pretty, it's. Like no sleep, no nothing. I mean, you could sleep at night and they gave you like a mattress, but some people would get sent in there and didn't even get a mattress. Wow. Um, so yeah, I know. That's intense. (laughs) It's amazing. I turned out as well as I did. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, luckily like colleges didn't really check to see what, 
Discovery Academy was. Even though, I mean, I would think with the name like Discovery Academy, they'd think it was suspicious. But so, I mean, I still like went to a good call. You know, most kids don't leave and go to college. Most Mm -hmm. kids like leave and get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Do you have any friends from there you're still in touch with? I do. I do. I'm like because of Facebook mostly. Yeah. Um, And like we're not super tight, but I think it's I think we all went through something pretty dark. So it's like you kind of want to have those people so you just you know you're not crazy that that actually happened to you anyway right. that's <laughs> that's good that's a good story took a dark turn. I, i'd love to see this uh i'd love to see this memoir okay so so you're back in san francisco now um after getting your mfa and you're doing you said copywriting yeah again. i just did that for a year and then i left went to a startup and it was um the startup was a blogging software company so movable type and type pad um and they bought live journal and so I started blogging and then that kind of people started reading it and then I think SFS was the first thing I sort of started doing like they asked me to write about the Niners and then um other people started asking me to write for them and then I was like oh I'm just gonna do this mm-hmm. <laughs> thing that I love to do <laughs> so who are all the people that you're writing for now like what are your main your main jobs um, mostly I'm an eater part time. So I do, I'm doing a lot of stuff for them, which is fun. I love the food scene and the bear. I mean, obviously we're the best food town in the country. Um, and then I do a lot of stuff for Thrillist, which is probably my favorite. Um, because it's like a little snarky, not snarky. It's like, you're allowed to be like, not so serious. And it's all about like fun stuff to do. And it's, I'm writing about San Francisco and like things I love to do and places I love to go. And, um, so that for me is the most fun, getting to share things I love with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm very lucky that I get to do that. Right. But I was full time at Thrillist and they laid me off. So <laughs> boo. <laughs> <laughs> they just eliminated the position. So, right. But I'm still writing for them. A okay. Ton. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'd love to talk about some of your pieces, some of your best pieces. Okay. So I guess some of my favorite pieces and then uh, any of your favorites as well. But. Uh, the first one, it's a pretty recent one that you wrote. It's called why I'm trapped in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Can you give me some background about, uh, you know, why, what that's about and why you wrote that? Yeah, that was definitely a more sort of sincere moment in my life. Um, a little earnest, if you will, which is not my favorite way to be, but once in a while life requires a, a moment of reflection. Um, basically I feel like I think most people in San Francisco who aren't Twitter or Facebook millionaires can relate to this. We live in rent controlled apartments, hopefully if you're smart <laughs> and, um, we can't move because if we did, we'd lose our rent controlled apartments and then we could never come back. So even if I wanted, like I would love to go live in Tahoe for a couple of years, but I can't sublet my apartment. It's illegal. So if I gave up my apartment, I'd come back and it would literally cost probably three, double or three times as much to Mm -hmm. move back into that same apartment so where it's amazing because we live in san francisco which is this gorgeous beautiful wonderful like mecca i love it here but then we're also trapped here Mm -hmm. so it's i just don't like feeling it makes me feel claustrophobic i don't feel like my i don't like feeling like my choices are being like made for me i want to make my own choices um and i think about that even i was like what if i got married and like fell in love and the person wanted to 
like had a house or whatever, like wanted to live and then it didn't work out. And then I, what would I do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I make up non-existent problems for myself, <laughs> but I'm like, I would just have to keep the apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, that's just an interesting dilemma to yeah. be in. So you almost have to make a permanent choice whether you're going to like leave permanently or yeah. stay here permanently. Right. And so it, I think the way the article ends is you decided to stay here permanently, at least for the te- temporarily be here permanently. <laughs> yes. I actually gave myself a year, I think, from when I wrote that to make the decision. If I'm gonna, I think, I mean, it would be very hard to leave San Francisco. Um, I just was thinking about that. I was like, oh, I could go live in a small town. And I was like thinking about like the things I've done recently. And I was like, oh, like last night I went to the Phantom of the Opera. And next week I'm going to Billy Joel. And I went to see Taylor Swift. And went to Bolinas for the day to play it. You know, I'm like, I have this amazing life because I live here. Mm-hmm. So maybe a small town would get old kind of fast. Also the food. The food yeah. is so good here and it's so bad in so many other places. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, I'm going to stay probably. Okay. So you also, you know, you told the story about going to your Mormon boarding school and getting in trouble for kissing a boy. You also <laughs> write about dating. Yeah. Um, and sex fairly often. Yeah. I'd say in some of your, in some of your writings, um, you wrote an article called why dating in San Francisco is different than anywhere else in the country. Can you share some of the reasons, um, or some of the things that you think makes it so, so unique? I mean, I think the biggest thing is the, the Peter Pan syndrome. Um, I think no one, there's just like not a real reason to grow up in San Francisco. I don't think people here really I mean I don't even know if I like want to get married but like I don't think like people I'm part of the problem I mean I actually did an interview one time we're talking about this and I was like yes like all the boys are Peter Pans but like I'm a Peter Pan too like it's a hell of a lot more fun than being a windy darling mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't necessarily like want to go home and forget about Never Neverland like mm-hmm. I like being in Never Neverland but you know I don't know there's there's great people in San Francisco, but there's a lot of like influx of douchey bros and, and like a lot of real nerds. And like, I can't, I, you don't like either one of those. (laughs) There's not enough of a blend. Well, I need a little, like, I think there's a lot of, (laughs) I don't want to like make huge stereotypes here, but you know, I need someone with like some decent social skills. Um, and who likes to like bathe on a regular basis and doesn't walk around the office in his socks and shorts. Like I'm never going to be with that guy. And there's a lot of those guys. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, I don't know. It's just everyone I've dated recently has, I've had to like import from other places. <laughs> outside of San Francisco. Yeah, like, like outside of the Bay area even. Um, my, well, I'm dating someone now. He moved here from Tahoe. And then the guy I dated before that lived in Sacramento. Okay. I mean, I can't even remember the last time I dated someone from San Francisco. Maybe it's me. Probably yeah. it's me. <laughs> Impossible. I mean, Impossible. I mean, I'm a pain in the ass. I, I will admit it. But, um, but yeah, I think dating here is just people don't really want to grow up. I don't. And that's not a bad thing, but it makes it hard if you do like want to get married and have children, Mm -hmm. which I think maybe you just don't live here if that's really what you want. Also, like if you have, you know, all my friends who have babies move 
which mm-hmm. is fine because once they have babies, I'm like, oh, we're not really friends anymore. <laughs> we're kind of useless now. Um, just kidding. Yeah, you had you had some uh, <laughs> you had some funny points in there um, that I thought were like very unique to San Francisco. One of the ones that really like made me laugh was uh, you were talking about how guys you know don't expect any like etiquette or like proper or like manners from guys and how like a guy will definitely leave you standing on the sidewalk if his uber arrives first and and that's something that i mean i can think back to many times of like when i go on like first dates and i always like tell the girl to like get her uber first so first of all yes we're both like ubering home that like always happens right (laughs) And I'm like, well, you go ahead and call your Uber first because I, you know, I want hers to like arrive. It's so nice. So we, but so we don't have that awkward moment on the street. But then still, sometimes like mine arrives, <laughs> and then I always find like there's this. I feel like a total jerk. You are a total like, jerk. Like hopping in my car, but then like what are you supposed to do? Just like stand there. Maybe next time, <laughs> don't even order your Uber yeah. until hers has come. Yeah, there that you would go. be my advice. <laughs> well, you know, I did spend a lot of time in the South. Well, I when I was little, but then I was raised with sort of a Southern mentality, mm-hmm. you know, by a woman with Southern etiquette. Um, and then I went to graduate school there. And so I do like, I mean, I do think that men should hold the door open mm-hmm. um, and shouldn't make a girl slide across the cab. And I mean, I the other problem is, is I know all of the rules. One of my favorite books when I was in second grade was Stand Up, Shake Hands, Say How Do You Do, which yeah. is a guide for boys to manners. And like I memorized it. Okay. <laughs> so, so you can accurately you know, judge I, these fellows you're going to be dating yeah, in the I'm future. I'm like, oh, you're not walking on the right side of the street. Like I might not say it out what loud. Is, there, is the right side of the street uh, the closest to the traffic? Yes. So that he gets hit first if, if a car. I think it originally dates back from when they people used to throw their like trash out the windows. Okay. And so, so that he would get hit with the like okay. sewage. Not the, <laughs> but yes. Um, And it's tricky because if you're crossing the street, you know, you have to sort of do like a little move. But um, but yeah, the only person I know who does that is my big brother. (laughs) Right. Okay. I I haven't I haven't thought about that one before, but you make a good point. there. (laughs) Okay. Um, So you're talking earlier um, about you used to write for this Exo Jane, was it called? Yes. And I read a few of your articles on there (laughs) and like, you know, I pull it up. I look through all the headlines and then like certain ones jump out at me. <laughs> and, I mean, the one that jumped out at me the most, and I think would jump out to anybody is you, you have one called, I love to talk about vaginas. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> Do you remember this? this? No. All right. Well, it was, <laughs> I'm sure you're going <laughs> to let me know. <laughs> well, it was your five favorite vagina stories from your life of all time. <gasps> what is wrong with me? <laughs> no, like really? Like it's a real question. <laughs> And unfortunately, I don't remember like uh, too many of them to like embarrass you right now. But I'll just I'll just put that out there. Maybe people can go read that. You should you should go refresh your don't memory. Don't go read that. It. It's not really that bad. <laughs> it's not really that bad. Okay. And I think you're ultimately doing it for an advertisement for uh, like Vagisil or something else. I think at the, it was at the very bottom. You're like. It was a very nice story, but all of these five stories in the very bottom, you're like, you know, and you should use this. You like, you tied. They some pay you more to write the sponsored posts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was definitely a sponsored post. Um, yeah, that's funny. I do have one that I think is that's on there. That's funny about I went and got a colonic. Oh, man. I'm not oh, even going to talk about it here. But Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, how did I miss this one? It's 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 a it's, it was a real experience. And yeah. And then I just was like. You know, some things I feel like if I can't, if something really embarrassing happens, the way I always handle it is just to tell people because then it's like owning 
the like if I trip, I'm not the type of person who tries to pretend like I didn't just trip and fall. I'm like, oh my, you know. So, yeah. so yeah, I sort of put my just, the colonic one's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. Okay. Um, well, I respect that actually. I mean, that's one of the things I like about your writing is you are willing to like completely be authentic with what you put out there and share like everything you say, what's on your mind. And I think a lot of people would love to do that and they struggle to because they're afraid whether people will think about them. They're afraid of like regretting it. Do you, I guess maybe you can talk to me about like, what's your philosophy on why you're okay doing that and uh, do you ever regret like putting stuff out there whether it just be tweeting stuff out or like a real personal article about yourself um I think my philosophy is if you're going to write any type of nonfiction, the audience knows if you're bullshitting them and so you have to be brutally honest about who you are even if that makes you unlikable at times Mm -hmm. um I'll never <laughs> forget in graduate school when I was we workshopping my memoir and someone was like, Ugh, I hate the narrator. And I was like, so you mean me? You hate mm-hmm. me. <laughs> like you're not supposed to look at it that way. But um, but so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like if you're going to tell a story, you have to, you know, if I make myself look good, no, no one's going to believe it necessarily. Also, it's not interesting. Um, do I regret anything I've written? Sure, but not. Not really. Um, there's things I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. Or I can, you know, I, I've written some stuff that's controversial. Like I wrote an article one time that was said not to call Ben Roethlisberger a rapist based on the idea that like he was never convicted of raping anyone. We don't know that he did it. And it's not really fair to label him as such. Like, did I need, do I believe that? I don't know. Not anymore. I don't think. I think I believed it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um but that's sort of like the pro, you know, that's the thing. It's like you write, that was my truth then. It might not be my truth now, but people will like hold you to, people don't allow that you could evolve. Mm-hmm. So people will hold you to things you wrote five years ago, not realizing like that you might have changed your opinions on it. So, I mean, that makes it like a little challenging sometimes, but I try to keep things a little lighter these days mm-hmm. on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So let's say that you you meet somebody at a party and they're asking you what you do. You say you're a writer and they say, oh, I want to read something of yours. What is the one piece that you would direct people to? You know, something you're really proud of that you think is really good. If people were only going to read like one of Daisy's writings, what would it be? That's, I mean, probably the colonic piece. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really feel like you get to know me pretty well in that story. Um, Maybe the trapped story we talked about, I feel like that's um, only because I think it's something other people can relate to. So it's not, I think they would appreciate it for themselves um, as well as maybe also like sort of getting to know a little about me if that was their goal. Um, I'm trying to think of other, other things. I don't know. It's really interesting. Like I write things and then I just sort of forget that I wrote them. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that one time I actually submitted an article to XO Jane that I had basically written four years before and just forgot that, mm. I, that I had. It was about getting my tattoo removed. It wasn't that exciting. But um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with Kl- I'm gonna stick with Klonic All is right. the answer. Well, I'm gonna have to find that. <laughs> it's not I, I, I will I will post that on the show notes for uh, for everybody to read. <laughs> Thanks. So let's switch gears a little bit. I mean, you said you love writing about San Francisco. You know, you love it here. So I'd love to talk about um, your neighborhood and some of your favorite things um, about the city. Yeah. Uh, what neighborhood do you live in? Right now. Well, and forever. I live <laughs> because I can never move. Um, I live in like Ashbury Heights, Coal Valley, okay. Upper Haight. This is the weird thing about San Francisco now. It's like someone asks you what neighborhood you live in, and it's 14 neighborhoods because we have so many here. Technically, Ashbury Heights. Okay. But I claim Coal Valley. All right. <laughs> what What are your three favorite things to do or places to go in your neighborhood? Um, I love Zazie, which is very popular for brunch, but I actually like their dinner better. Um, I like their patio. And you can bring dogs on Mondays, mm-hmm. even though I don't bring my enormous St. Bernard because it can get a little messy. I've been there for dinner once. I have not done a brunch yet, but I know they're very popular. Yeah. The brunch is like a real situation there. The key is to put your name on the list and write that you're at Finnegan's next door and go to Finnegan's. But Finnegan's doesn't really welcome me into their establishment anymore. So. What happened? Oh, my friend locked herself in the bathroom and it just got dark. <laughs> it, I really didn't do anything. You have a lot of these dark stories. <laughs> it was bad. I regret my behavior, but the, anyway, whatever. Um, I don't want to talk about it. That's actually something I, a story I shouldn't share. Okay. Um, but I do love Finnegan's, even though they don't love me back. Um, so the key is to write that you're Finnegan's and then go drink there while you wait and they'll come get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there. So the same night I had dinner at Zazie, I went to Finnegan's afterwards. Yeah. And I drank. Cool, yeah. Cool. Like just hole in the wall. Yeah. Dive bar, and they have a back bar. with like a ping pong table. Um, what else do I love in Coal Valley? I love Say Cheese. Say cheese. Say cheese. Just okay. a cheese place, but they oh, make really good sandwiches. Also, it's right next to Reverie. Okay. Um, it's in between. Yeah, and then there's like a toy store next door to it. Um, you know, I just there's like a little park there, so I take Monkey, my dog, to the park a lot to let him run around because he's a Saint Bernard. So if he runs for five minutes, he's like exhausted for a week. Um, which park is that? It's I don't even know if it has a name. It's like above the tunnel where the and Judah goes. It's okay. It, people bring their dogs there um, at the bottom, and then there, but there's a part at the top. It's hard with Monkey because he slobbers, and people don't appreciate that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like always – I brought him to um, a bar that is dog-friendly the other day, and I just end up like chasing him around with a towel. So I don't know. It's a, it can be hard to take him out um, where people are. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I just love the vibe of Coal Valley. It's very, I feel like people know each other. It feels like a small town in a city. Um, there's like a Coal Valley Facebook group that's if we're mm. all like nuts. Like it's just very, people report like everything from like there's a car being broken into to like yesterday there was literally a thread with probably 60 comments about a bag of dog poop that someone had picked up the poop but then left the bag on the ground and someone posted a picture and like said, 60 comments about that huh. it's actually a little scary okay. <laughs> I mean I love my peeps but <laughs> there's a lot of opinions but um but yeah I just like that it feels you know and just kind of has everything I need there's like a dry cleaner you know just there's a pharmacy I get my hair cut there there's like a good little wine bar in Ovino um, I love that place yeah, yeah. It's so cute and they have like a cute good little happy hour and I'll sit outside with monkey and 
drink Aperol. You know, I don't know. <laughs> How long have you lived in the neighborhood? Um, I moved there in 2006. Okay. Yeah. So nine years going on 10 years. Oh my years. God, I'm getting so old. <laughs> yeah. So I, le- I left San Francisco when I was basically 14 to go to boarding school and then didn't really come back until, I mean, I came back all the time for holidays and stuff, but didn't, this is my first grown up apartment in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So. So I know you d- you've decided to, you know, give yourself a year of living here for sure. Yeah. But let's say that that year goes up and you decide that uh, you're going to move away and leave San Francisco. How would you spend your last day in the city before you leave? I'm a pretty simple girl. I would probably ride my bike through Golden Gate Park and go to the ocean and say goodbye to the ocean. <laughs> Maybe have a beer at Park Chalet on the, on the grass. Um, say bye to the buffalo. And I'm getting sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, I want a sandwich from Marina Subs before I go. From Marina Subs, yeah. is that <laughs> so good? You the live one right on by Union? It. Yeah, I've never not. been. Right, oh right across gosh. from Rose's Cafe, right? Yeah, yeah, I've never been. Somebody it's else told me it was so really good. good. Get a medium turkey. I get no onions okay. with provolone, and then just how they make it, like with this secret sauce. Okay. And then look up when you're there. There's a card on the ceiling, um, and that card has been there since I was six or seven years old and I was there the day my brother took us to get sandwiches he was in high school and his friend Dan the magician was also at Marina Subs and he was doing tricks for me I was really into magic when I was little and he did this trick where he asked the owner if it was okay if he put a card on the ceiling and he was like um fine and then he took a deck of cards and had my brother write his name on one put it in the middle wrapped it up with rubber bands and then threw it up so it hit the ceiling and when it came back down that card it was stuck on the ceiling mm. and it's still there oh that's awesome I, know. I will go check that out I, well yeah and the sandwiches are legit um one of my biggest fears in life is that he's gonna retire and marina subs is gonna go away maybe then i will move yeah uh, anyway so i'd get a sandwich from marina subs and what else would i do I feel like nothing that involves like downtown or Selma or like anywhere like that. Like I would definitely sort of stay to the west part of the city. Um, maybe just hang out in Golden Gate Park. I would eat dinner at Zazie. That'd be your last meal? Yeah. My last meal would definitely be Zazie, the cock oven, if it, they have it seasonal. So mm-hmm. um, on the patio. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to eat a lot. I'm just. <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people do the same thing. Um. Oh, I really like the Land's End hike. All right. I'm going to ride my bike to the beach, say goodbye to the (laughs) buffalo, say goodbye to the ocean, have a beer at Park Chalet, go do the Land's End hike, eat at Marina Subs, and have dinner at Saucy. You seem really sad, like your last day is tomorrow. (laughs) I know. I feel like now I have to... um, Yeah, maybe I can't leave San Francisco. September 14th, the 49ers will open their season against the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. And I'm sure many of you guys listening will be tuning in. And let's just say things aren't going well. Maybe the 49ers are losing. Maybe they're not putting on a very good show. Well, open up Twitter, find at Daisy, and I, I can guarantee you 
Daisy will be putting on a good show that Monday night. You can read more about Daisy and get links to everything we talked about on the show at sfpeoplepodcast.com. All the articles we talked about will be there. And if you read one, you have to, you have to read the one about her getting a colonic. It, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, you don't want to miss that one. You can follow the show on Twitter at Podcast. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Next week, we're going to have a really special show. It's the 25th show, and it's also the one-year anniversary of San Francisco People. So my good friend and guest from episode one, Rob Hunter, will be here to help me celebrate. I'll talk to you then. This is Frank Garza for San Francisco People. <laughs>